So I don't know how many of you guys know this, but according to the church calendar, today is Pentecost Sunday. How many of you honestly knew today was Pentecost Sunday? I just, I just need a gauge of where we're at. Okay, we got a couple, we got a couple folk. All right, amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And what that means is that means it's been seven Sundays since Easter. I feel like that was like literally just yesterday, but it's been seven Sundays since Easter. And this is the celebration of the descent of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came down to us onto those who follow Jesus. And starting today here at Third Street for the next six weeks, um, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Our, our series will be called, as we introduce the title right here, our series will be called Power, and we'll be taking the next six weeks to talk about it. This has nothing to do with the show that, uh, that comes out in a little bit. I just have to put out that caveat. This has nothing to do with Power uh, and the series finale. This is about the Holy Spirit. Right? So for the next six Sundays, that's what we're going to be getting into. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Is, okay, so I understand that it's, that it's God's presence, but what does it do? What do I use it for? Is it something I tap into? Is it something that taps into me? Like, what, what is all of this stuff? We will get to these answers and these kinds of questions, but for today, the, the, the sentence that I want to speak from for all of you will be up on the screen is the spirit who moves God out of the building. Today, we're talking about the spirit who moves God out of the building. In November of 1996, my world changed forever. That's not the day I got saved. In fact, it's about 13 years before I accepted salvation through Christ Jesus. Now, November of 1996, some of you might remember, uh, was more memorable because it was the release of Space Jam. How many of you saw Space Jam in theaters as a kid? Oh, my goodness. It's days like this that I realize how young y'all are sometimes. Listen, Space Jam, seeing it in theaters changed my life forever. I went, I remember I was a first grader and our class field trip was to the movie theater. And as a class we went, we watched Space Jam and the entire time, I mean, the sound effects and the, and the, and the imagery and the, just the movie. And the, it was like everything that I loved packed into one thing. Like it was just, it was, it, it was amazing. And I left there awestruck, starstruck. I didn't even rock with Michael Jordan like that. But then after that, I did. He beat the Monstars. How incredible. With the Monstars. Oh my goodness, this feat. And that day, I went home and I was like, Dad, I need a basketball hoop. And he's like, For what? And I was like, Because Space Jam, I need a basketball hoop. And so we got a basketball hoop. That day, I, I, I decided that all of my clothes were going to be tank tops and shorts because Space Jam. I even went as far as to start watching. I tuned out of my normal Saturday morning cartoons and I tuned in instead to Looney Tunes because they were Michael Jordan's friends in Space Jam. It changed my world forever. 
And I'll never forget April 14th, 1997. One of the greatest days of my life. It was my birthday, my seventh birthday. And I got Space Jam on VHS. Amen. You can clap for that. It's amazing. First of all, how many of you know what VHS? No, no, I I can't even do that anymore. It's what we had before DVDs. And it was amazing. I had in my possession my very own copy of Space Jam, which meant whenever, wherever, however, Space Jam was possible. It was amazing. Jesus wants the very same thing for all of us except replace Space Jam with God's presence. In John chapter 14, we find Jesus having one of the last conversations he'll ever have with his disciples, and they're, they're tripping. They're out of their minds. They're super upset because Jesus just told them, yo, I'm not going to physically be with you a whole lot longer, and they're losing their minds. What do you mean? What are we going to do? This has been the greatest experience of my life for three years. Jesus, I gave everything to follow you. I gave everything to follow you. I lost friends. I lost family. One disciple's like, man, you didn't even let me bury my dead father. Like, like I, I missed everything for the last three years to follow you. And now you're telling me you're not about to be here anymore. What is going on? And Jesus is like, calm down. Calm down. This is actually a really good thing. In John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, he tells us that I will be leaving you, but I will be sending you another advocate. I will be sending to you the Holy Spirit. It is God's presence with you. And the world, the world ain't ready for this new movement. The world will not notice the Holy Spirit. The world will not recognize the Holy Spirit because the world is not looking for the Holy Spirit. But you will know. You will know the Spirit because you've spent time with me and I've spent time with the Father. You will know the Spirit because the Spirit will not only be with you, but the Spirit will be in you. Jesus' promise was earth-shattering, world-changing, because it used to be that God's presence was in a physical thing. God's presence was in a building, for lack of a better term. God's presence was in a particular spot. God chose to dwell in this spot, and it was only after like a particular uh, ceremony and a particular ritual. We talked about this a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen to it, but it's only after all these A, B, C, D, and only certain things, and as the wind blows and all this kind of stuff, only under certain conditions would somebody be allowed to enter into the place where God dwelt? But now, Jesus says to all of his believers, he promises them, both in the conversation in John 14, and also as we talked about last week in Acts chapter 1, Jesus promises to you, to you will be given the Holy Spirit that for your dedication 
to my word, for your dedication to my ministry, for your dedication to my life, for you giving your whole life to me. I give you your very own copy of God's presence. This effectively changed the game forever. So if you would, I would invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. The Bible is divided into two segments, Old Testament, New Testament. You'll find it in the New Testament after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels. And then the very next book is the book of Acts. I encourage you to find that in your Bibles. If you do not have your Bibles, uh, feel free to tune in up here on the screen. We'll be going to the second chapter. And we will read the first four verses together right now. The Word of God says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. All of them. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or or, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. Verse 4, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, we got to stop right there. So the believers are gathered together for the, the, the annual festival of Pentecost. There were three major fe- festivals in Jewish transition that people would come from all over the place to gather for in Jerusalem because Jerusalem was said to be, uh, it's where the temple was, it was said to be where God's presence dwelt. And so they would gather in Jerusalem for these fe- festivals. This festival in particular was the festival of Pentecost because Penta means 50 and, and it happened 50 days after Pentecost. Passover. That's all that means. And the believers, those, who, those who, who, who believed Jesus to be who he said he was, they knew he had died, some of which saw him resurrected. And they also knew just a few days ago that he promised them a gift, an advocate, a spirit, but then he ascended into heaven and We ain't seen them since. And so the believers are gathered at this festival and they're hanging out, likely having a good time, maybe not having a good time. I don't know. But as they sit there at their tables together eating, all of a sudden there's like this shift in the atmosphere. Like, you know, when you go to a movie theater and the previews are on, everybody's just kind of like chopping it up and whatever, whatever, and yada, yada, and like, oh, this looks like a good movie, and oh my goodness, like, Will Smith, you've done it again, and then like, you know, then you go to the next preview and you're like, what, like, what in, like, the world is this? I don't, this like looks dumb, I'm not going to see that, and you know, everybody's just kind of like, hey, you want some popcorn? Last chance to go to the bathroom, kids, like all that kind of stuff, and then what happens? When the feature presentation begins, the lights go down. And there's like this rumbling, boom, in a world. Like, right? Like, <laughs> the whole, everybody gets quiet. And the whole atmosphere of the room changes. Same type of thing as they're just eating and drinking and having a good time. And like, yo, like, I'm about to take a bathroom break. Anybody trying to come? Can you pass the popcorn? I need that butter. Where's the soda? And then all of a sudden, atmosphere shifts. 
They said there was like a wind. There was like a breeze, much like the one I imagine you felt walking in here this morning. There's a breeze that after a long season of dead things, all of a sudden something is moving in the air. Oh my goodness. Today just feels different. There's something going on. And then, and then there was like this sound. And they're like, what is, what is that sound? Is that just, is, that, is, is somebody playing a trumpet? Is that just bass? Like what is going on? And logically so, they, they look up into the sky. And as they look into the sky, they see what appears to be fire just falling down. What the heck is that? And as this fire falls from the sky, they notice that it begins to settle on each of those who believe Jesus to be who he said he was. And they remembered. In fact, their actions through the rest of the book and through the rest of scripture implies that they remember what Jesus had promised. See, they likely knew the scripture well enough to know that in the Old Testament, a lot of times God is compared to fire. A lot of times God is called an all-consuming fire. And this fire would be contained in particular places, but today... Today at the Feast of Pentecost, just as Jesus said it would be, there came that fire, that all-consuming fire that God claims to be, that all-consuming fire that we hardly have appropriate reverence for, that all-consuming fire that did so much for thousands of years is now settling in people, in all the people. All the people that are gathered at this tables and claim to be believers, the fire moved out of a physical building. The fire moved out of the clouds. The fire moved out of the way and the fire moved into the people. The spirit filled the believers in a way that had never been seen before, not to this magnitude, not to this level. The purity of God found in that flame is now inside of the believer, which means the ability to transform, the ability to overcome, the ability to purify oneself now was inside of the believer. The power of God, the power that we see from fire, the power of God, all of the good gifts all of the miraculous works, all of those things in this fire were now inside the believer. Point number one. I got two points for you this morning, and then I'm out your way. Point one. The Spirit puts God in you. The Spirit moves the presence of God out of a physical place, place, a tabernacle, a temple, a dwelling place, and moves it into you who believe. The purity and the power of God is within you. Purity, the ability, the ability to experience freedom from sin and death is in you. If you wrestle with the idea of purity, if you so quickly are, are, are recognized and spout off, well, we're all human. Absolutely. 
But the ability to overcome the things that make you human is inside of you. The supernatural is inside of you. If you're in here and you've been wrestling with death, the idea that death comes to us all, the idea that death has taken those before I was ready for them to be taken, if you are in here and you have wrestled with the idea of death, the ability to appropriately see death and then ultimately the ability to be purified from death and the ability to overcome death is within you when you receive the Holy Spirit. If you struggle with anger, if you struggle with pride, with deceit, envy, greed, fear, gluttony, lust, laziness, did I hit them all? The ability to overcome such things is within you. Only the Spirit of God can move anger out of a depraved human being. Only the Spirit of God can take the laziest of lazy and light a fire, pun intended, under their butts and get them moving. Only the Spirit of God can conquer the lust that you feel in your heart and you just can't help it. But the ability for God to defeat those things, for you to be bigger than those things, for those things not to define you, is within you. The Spirit instead puts, puts disciplines around your life. Disciplines that will help mark out your day. The Spirit instead replaces the sin. It will, it will purify, it will melt away the sin that is within your life and it will replace it with peace. Anybody in this room looking for peace? Don't raise your hand. Anybody in this room looking for peace? Anybody in this room looking for love? Anybody in this room looking for humility? If you haven't experienced those things, it's because the Spirit is not done or maybe you haven't let the Spirit do its work of melting the things away in your life that need to be melted away because God promises to replace through his spirit when he takes away those sinful things, when he takes away those, those harsh desires, he promises to replace those things with peace, with love, with joy, with humility. He promises those things for you. The power of God is within you. The ability to tap into all that God is capable of. Sometimes I think we don't make this big enough. Sometimes I think, yeah, but like that was like God, but that was like Jesus. Like Jesus did those things, but Jesus was Jesus. Jesus laid down his divinity. Check out Philippians chapter two. Jesus laid down his divinity. He emptied himself of his divinity. What you saw Jesus do was because he was fully reliant on the Holy Spirit and he listened to his father. The same things we saw happen in Jesus. Jesus says, you're going to do twice that. I have to believe he has Old Testament prophets in mind. 
when somebody would go to an Old, Old Testament prophet, Elijah, and say, and say I, I, I want to be able to do what it is that I've seen you do. And he says, please, you're going to do twice what I've done. Jesus promises the same thing. Miracles can happen. The ability to tap into what God is capable of is inside of you. The ability to speak hard words of truth. Gosh, I have this friend or I have this relative and they really just need to hear and I don't know what to say. I don't know. The ability to say the right thing in the perfect way at the right time is given by God and it's inside of you. The ability to speak not to the person but to the problem and to heal the sick and to throw out demons that have for far too long possessed our friends and family and our neighbors and community, the ability to speak directly to them and say, hey, you're not allowed to be here. God has claimed something else for this person. You've got to go. That's within you. We want to give it to God like, oh, God, I hope, that, I hope that you would. I hope that you would heal them. I hope that you would remove these struggles. I hope that you would, forgetting entirely that the Spirit is within you for those who believe, and you have the authority and the power to speak to that problem. You have the power and authority to go to the lame beggar and say, my friend, you're forgiven. Get up. That's within you. I don't think we take that very seriously. This idea that the Spirit is within us, you can't accept God's presence and not accept the fact that he empowers you to do as he would do. Where do you need the Holy Spirit to work like that in your life? This is not to say that if you have the Spirit of God in your life that your life is perfect because you're right. We are still human. And we will still die. But the purity and power of God is available. Maybe you're currently holding on to a lot of anger. Our minds tend to accept that we need to work on our anger. We need to take some courses called anger management. And so we'll ask God, God, help me with my anger. But the purity and power of God in our lives, the Holy Spirit in our lives says, not only can that anger be defeated, but I will be empowered then to love radically the person I'm mad at. Perhaps you've come to recognize fear has run your life, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not knowing what comes next. Perhaps you recognize that fear runs your life. Fear determines what you do in a day. Fear determines how you interact with your friends. Fear at times determines what you eat. And it's been the main driving force in your life. Well, the Holy Spirit in our lives allows us to dream big and it gives us the boldness and the courage to wake up in the morning and not operate out of fear, but to go for it. To not find all the ways to protect ourselves, but to be reminded that God's word says that he is a mighty fortress, that comfort and safety and security is found in Christ alone, and I have the freedom to go for it. Maybe you have someone in your life who desperately, you desperately want to see, gain a personal relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the patience we need, the right words to say, and the authority 
God says you're allowed to speak truth. We got to keep moving. Verse 5. Verse 5 to the end of this section. Whew. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Peep that. There were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. So there were believers from every nation and it didn't matter what nation you came from, you heard your language. They were completely amazed. How can this be possible? These people are all from Galilee. Here's what they're not saying, but they're saying, these people are too stupid to know my language. These people are too simple to know the ancient dialect of uh-huh, whatever, right? Like they, there's no way these people know all of these languages. And you right here, you don't speak the, langu- the same language as me, but you understand what they're saying? This is not possible. How can this be? And yet... We hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, And we all hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd, because somebody's always got to tweet something. Somebody's always got to be that hater on social media. Somebody's always got, oh, what a beautiful story. Yeah, well, if somebody's always got to be that guy. And if you don't know that guy, well, you know, Christ convicts you. Others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk. They're tripping. They're drunk. That's all. We had devout people from every nation. And when the Spirit entered the room, when the Spirit entered the gathering place, They were suddenly unified. Has anyone gone through this life in modern America and not thought to themselves, I wish we were just on the same page. I wish we were unified. I wish the person across the aisle from me understood what I was saying. And honestly, I wish I understood where they were coming from. But here... People from all backgrounds were speaking the same language. The language they were speaking was a language of praise. It's the language of praise that unifies all people. That's for free. The language of praise unifies all people. Praising God for all that he has done for all people at all times all around the world. Speaking that praise, that's what's going to unify us. But that's for free and it's for my presidential campaign Suddenly, it didn't matter. The cultural background, God was made known to them. Suddenly, it didn't matter what city you came from and what city you were going back to, the the, the presence of God was made known to them and was going to be made known to that city. 
Their actions imply that they remembered what Jesus said. He said, you will be my witnesses and then what? In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. So he starts listing these places. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses everywhere. And suddenly, as they gathered with a diverse people group, suddenly when they saw people from all backgrounds and all cultures and all languages and we were all on the same page, suddenly it clicked, oh, this is how it gets out to the masses. This is how the word of God, the promise that comes to us so freely through Jesus Christ, this is how it gets to the people. The Spirit of God moved out of the building that they were gathering near, and it moved into the hearts of believers from all nations in order to reach all nations. Point two, and then I'm done. The Spirit makes God accessible to all. The Spirit of God makes God accessible to all. The new plan was no longer, A, get everyone together in Jerusalem. The new plan was, A, go take this to everybody. The new plan was access through the Holy Spirit spread by way of what we now call the church. The same way I was so excited for Space Jam to come to VHS and come to, technology has advanced. Now we've got like Netflix and Hulu and all types of illegal stuff that I won't mention because I don't want this podcast to be taken down, but, but all types of ways for movies and TV shows to be made accessible wherever you are, whenever you want them, at whatever pace you want to watch them on. No matter the method or how technologically we have advanced, the point is the same, get the content to the people. The point of the church is the same no matter how it looks, no matter how you do it, no matter what you call things, the point is the same. Get the content to the people. Make God accessible to people who have yet to tap in. The point is no longer bringing them back to Jerusalem together. Peep this. The point is no longer bringing them on Sunday morning in hopes that they'll hear something that changes their lives. That's not the point. Taking the gospel to the people. That's the point. How are you taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the people? How are you? I am talking to you. Taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the people. Friday night, we were just hanging out in the park. And I happened to know definitively that several people who did not know we were going to be in the park and also who don't currently know and experience the love of Jesus Christ in their lives, saw us in the park and came to hang out. Are you going to be intentional about those times? Maybe it's having people in your home. Maybe you're not comfortable going out and doing all these things in social space, and I'm an introvert, and I like my space, and you can come in my space, but I ain't really trying to go to your space. Great. How are you using that? to give people the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's being intentional with the other parents or the other kids on your athletic team. Oh man, it's been crazy lately. My kids in travel sports and 
So you mean to tell me that you're with the same group of people, the same kids and the same parents every weekend for 36 hours at a time? Hmm. That sounds like an opportunity to me. Maybe it's when you're hanging out at Walkie Talkie. Shameless plug for product placement. It's out there. Go get some. It's dope. I love them. They're on 15th Street. You can follow me if you need to know where it's at. I got you. But maybe it's when you're in walkie-talkie, are your headphones in, and you're cranking stuff away in fifth gear, you're getting your homework done, you're getting your work done, you're getting all this kind of stuff, and you're getting energized with that extra shot of espresso, and you're going ham, but all the while, the broken people who are walking past you are just walking past you. When you're at work, are you solely focused on the task spelled out in your job description? Or are you willing to stop and share moments with your coworkers, with your employees, with your employers? with your customers. Here's the bottom line. For us as a church, I don't want Third Street to be a movie theater. Third Street is not a movie theater that has feature presentations and show times, and then when they're not showing something, it's just a dead, dark, dumb building. I don't want to have shows and times and snacks and be built for your entertainment. But the coffee is dope. <laughs> I see Third Street as a moving body. And it gathers occasionally because it's really good to worship together and to hear the word together. But while we're not gathered, we're not lying dormant in our faith. Rather... We are taking the presence of God with us and affecting every space we walk into. That's why we have these things we call parks. It's families of disciples gathering in welcoming spaces to make disciples, to hang out, to invite people in. Because not everybody wants to come to the show. But we're, we're families of disciples gathered together to make disciples. This is why we play basketball. This is why we put all the grunt work into setting up and tearing down every week. And the rest of the time, this is a court. And you know what? The floor just got refinished and it's really nice. And we put money into that because it's important that we play basketball. And it's important that we play basketball because it's important that the people in the city who play basketball, which is a lot of people, know Jesus. This is why we gather in our homes, because it's important to know that some people don't feel comfortable in social space, but some people will receive your personal invitation to your home. Some people actually like that. Some people really resonate with that and feel good about that, and they'll receive Jesus in your living room while you serve them Kenyan tea. This is why we hang out in the park. This is why we feed people. This is, we do a lot of food. If you want to see our budget, I'll show it to you. It's a lot of food. But this is why. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care if we had to blow out a wall, add seatings, and add eight service times on a weekend. A church that gathers on Sunday, but isn't taking the presence of God with them out of the building and to all people they interact with seven days a week is too small. It's too small. The Holy Spirit enables and empowers God's people to be on the move. The good news 
If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this part right here. The good news is that God's presence is no longer restricted in a building or behind a veil and hiding behind a process, but God is living inside of those who believe. Have you decided to believe and receive God's presence in your life? Have you decided all of those things that we just listed the healing and the overcoming and the battling and the winning and all that stuff, have you decided that that is what you want in your life? The good news is that the presence of God is not restricted to a particular gathering spot or a particular people group, but rather that God is making himself accessible to all people through the ministry of those who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's you. That's me. It's how we live that will make God accessible to people who have yet to choose to tap in. Have you decided? Have you decided to join God on his mission to reconcile all people to himself? Have you decided to join God on his mission to make his name and his good news known to all people so that all may experience the purity the power, and the glory that is to come. Have you decided?